This is The Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota, and I am Pastor Joe Faldet. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. This is actually a different sermon than that which is on the YouTube site. It, well, it's the same text, but this one was preached outdoors. I felt that it was the better of the two sermons, and so uh, thank you for listening. We pray that God would bless you through this. As we get into it, uh, we're going to be looking at Samson. We're going to be looking at there's actually, there's a lot of things in this story, but we're going to be looking at Samson and how he isolates himself and what that ultimately does to him. But just so you know, there's, there's other lessons that could be pulled out from this too. Like, I'm not exhausting these sermons, uh, these stories. Maybe I should just do a, sing, you know, do a sermon on the same story about three Sundays or four Sundays in a row. And we just have four very different sermons. Um, but I do want to get done with Judges sometime, so we're not going to do that. But today we're going to be looking at um, Judges 15. That read in Jesus' name. Judges 15. After some days, at the time of wheat harvest, Samson went to visit his wife with a young goat. And he said, I'll go into my wife in the chamber. But her father would not allow him to go in. And her father said, I really thought that you utterly hated her, so I gave her to your companion. Is not her sister more beautiful, younger sister more beautiful than she? Please take her instead. Samson said to them, This time I shall be innocent in regard to the Philistines when I do them harm. So Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took torches, and he turned them tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. And when he had set fire to the torches, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and set fire to the stacked grain and the standing grain as well as the olive orchards. And then the Philistines said, Who has done this? And they said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her up to her, his companion. And the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. And Samson said to them, Is this what you do? I swear I will be avenged on you, and after that I will quit. And he struck them hip and thigh with a great blow, and he went down and stayed at the cleft of the rock of Etam. Then the Philistines came up and encamped in Judah and made a raid in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? They said, We have come up to bind Samson, to do to him as he did to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Etam and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines are rulers over us? What then is this that you have done to us? And he said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. And they said to him, We have come down to bind you, that he, we may give you into the hands of the Philistines. And Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not attack me yourselves. They said to him, No, we will only bind you and give you into their hands. We will surely not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became as flax as caught fire, and his bonds melted off his hands. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, and put out his hand and took it. And when he struck, and with it he struck one thousand men. And Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, the jawbone of a donkey I have struck down a thousand men. As soon as he had finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone out of his hand. And that place was called Ramoth Lehi. And he was very thirsty, and he called upon the Lord and said, You have granted this great salvation by the hand of your servant. Shall I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? 
And God split open the hollow place that was at Lehi, and water came out from it. And when he drank, his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore the name of it was called Enhakore. It is at Lehi to this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines, twenty years. Let us pray. Father, as we come now to study your word, as we come to try to apply it to our lives, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come upon us, that you would enlighten us and enliven us. Lord, that we might see what you have for us, whether or not that's what I preach. Lord, that you would open our eyes to learn and to grow. Father, bless us. We need you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Good job. (laughs) So what's going on with Samson? Now, Colton, if you ever make Abby mad, just bring a young goat. That's the lesson. We're done. (laughs) No, I haven't tried that yet. Would it work? I didn't get a response. I'll take that as a no. Um, so Samson, you know, what's going on here? What, what in the world is happening? So Samson, he left his wedding. Remember, that was last week. He was following his impulses. He was following his emotions. He was being led by the nose, by his anger. He defeats the Philistines. He has this great battle. Defeats 30 men. And then pouting goes home. Right after his wedding. Like, that's what's going on here. And that weddings, traditionally, during this day and age, they were right around planting time. Planting would be done, then that was wedding time. And then you had, you know, the rest of your summer and then harvest. And I think that's kind of the way that things were traditionally done in all farming areas. Basically everywhere. You know, you didn't have weddings in the wintertime because it was dangerous and you didn't have a lot of food. You know, it's tough looking at you guys with your sunglasses on. I don't know who's sleeping. Terrible. Man, it's going to be easier. Um, But, so in the springtime, Samson leaves. So they have this wedding in the springtime. Samson leaves. Technically, he is married. And then he comes back in the fall at harvest, thinking everything's good. You know, Samson, he's an impressive guy, isn't he? What woman in this world, what father-in-law in this world would have their son-in-law or their husband gone for three months and think, ah, it's no big deal. Boys will be boys. No. So Samson, so what happens? Samson's father-in-law gives away the wife. No wonder. Because she's ready. They had the wedding already. Now they just need the bride or they need the husband. (laughs) So they grab this companion. They don't say which companion exactly, but they grab this companion I think it might have been the best man. It depends on your translation. I've got a couple of them floating around in my brain. Um, but they grabbed this guy. They, they married the, the girl off, and, and Samson's stuck. Now Samson's no longer married, and so he becomes angry. He becomes angry with his father-in-law, and so what does he do? He attacks everybody. Do any of you guys know anybody like that? They get angry with this person, so they attack everybody? Because what Samson does is incredible. He captures 300 foxes or jackals. The Hebrew word can be translated either way. Jackals are pack animals. Foxes are lone or solitary. Um, I don't know. No matter what's going on, it's really impressive. It's really clever. And ties their tails together because if you tie their tails together, they can't just run in a straight line. 
because you've got two animals that are going to be fighting each other because the other animal behind it's got a, you know, that one's got fire. And so they're going to be battling. Like, there's lessons in that, too, because that's what we do sometimes. Um, but in, in our marriages. <laughs> but there's these battles going on. And so as these battles go on between the foxes, and that's, that's symbolizing what's happening now between Samson and the Philistines. The battles are going on the foxes and they just produce all of this collateral damage. They burn down all of the grain, all of the standing grain, all of the stacked grain. So everything that's been harvested, that's destroyed. Everything that's yet to be harvested, that's destroyed. The olive groves, those are destroyed. This is a big deal. Samson is really hitting them with this huge blow. But why is he doing it? He's personally offended. His feelings have been hurt. You know, God is working in this. God is making this happen. God is working behind the scenes. But Samson's motivation isn't for the glory of God. It isn't in order to overthrow the Philistines. It's that his fifis have now been hurt. <laughs> yes, you can use that if you want. Samson has fifis. Um, feelings for those of you who don't, yeah, whatever. So as Samson attacks the Philistines, they don't even know who's attacking. They have to investigate to figure this out. And so are the Philistines learning any lesson here? Like, no. They don't know who this guy is. They don't know what's going on. All they know is that his father-in-law has made him mad. And so because his father-in-law has made him mad, he's destroyed the economy of the Philistines. And really, he's brought famine upon them for at least a year. Because I don't know about you guys, but if all of our fields burned down, I think southern Minnesota would be in pretty big financial problems. If we lost our whole crop completely, and we didn't have a government over us to give us money. That'd be terrible. Think about that. Put yourself into their shoes. And so what do they do? They attack. They retaliate. And so you've got a small offense ultimately caused by Samson himself. But because he doesn't take ownership for that, he retaliates against the Philistines and God brings this huge victory because if the hand of God wasn't with him. Have any of you ever done trapping? Ken has. None of the rest of you? Oh, a couple of you. Okay. How hard? Have you ever trapped a fox? They're smart. You know, like coyotes are smart. Foxes are smarter. Coyotes aren't easy, or foxes aren't easy to trap. We've tried. I have never actually gotten a fox shot a fox but i've never trapped a fox they didn't have guns back in this day and age and so to catch this many foxes even if it's jackals to catch that many jackals the hand of god is with samson god is working in this but the philistines don't see this as god attacking them all they see is samson bringing revenge for something his father-in-law did so the philistines they do the obvious thing they say well we're going to fix this situation we're going to get rid of the father-in-law we're going to get rid of the one who caused the problems. You know, so they get rid of the father-in-law. They get rid of the wife. They, they kill the whole family. You know, they burn them with fire. And then what does Samson do? Now he becomes mad at them again. Because they just took care of his problem. And now they're all together because they just, theoretically, they just burned this house. And for some reason, Samson's still in the area. And he says to them, and Samson said to them, if this is what you do, I swear I will be avenged on you. And after that, I will quit. And so Samson's 
has come upon this situation where his father-in-law and his wife and his maybe next future wife have now been killed by the Philistines. So he says, I'm going to bring revenge again. And so then he attacks the Philistines again. He strikes them hip and thigh with a great blow. Whoa! So as he attacks them hip and thigh with a great blow, um, the, the idea there is it's a complete victory. He leaves. You think about this. He leaves. So Samson just runs away. Samson says, I'm done. I've attacked you guys enough. Has he overthrown the Philistines? What was Samson's called by God? Was it just to be ornery? Irritating? Was he supposed to just be a, you know, that horse fly that prods at them? You know, gets them to kick a little bit? No, that's not the goal. Samson was supposed to save the Israelites from the Philistines. And so he defeats this group that's brought vengeance upon Samson's father-in-law. And he just quits. And so what does God have to do? God needs to keep working this up because once Samson's satisfied, he leaves. He doesn't bring the Israelites in with him. He doesn't even tell the Philistines why he's attacking. He's not being a witness to anything. He's just being a witness that these Israelites, they're kind of uppity. It's time for us to put them into place. And so that's what the Philistines do. They gather an army. They gather an army together and they go to Lehi. They encamp at Lehi. And now what happens? The Judeans are terrified, which just makes sense. The Judeans are terrified because Samson has never brought them onto his side. He's just been doing this stuff all on his own. He keeps doing the work of God. Granted, it is the work of God, even though he doesn't fully understand it. He just does what he does. He does what he does. He does what he does. But the Jews don't know what's going on. They haven't backed him. They're not supporting him. He's not training them. He's not building them up. He's just going off and doing his thing on his own. And so when the Philistines come to attack, what do the Judeans do? They side with the Philistines. Why? My guess is because they don't have any, there's no horse in this race for them. You know, they're not tied in with Samson. They don't have any love for Samson. Maybe they had hope for Samson at the beginning, but now it's been however many years. You know, after, because I don't know about you guys, but had an angel come and spoken to my mother and told her that I was going to save America, everybody would know. Everybody. Everybody. That's the way that would have worked. Moms, would you have told anyone? Like, my son. What, your son is a doctor? My son's going to save the United States. <laughs> How many of you bet that everybody knew? Samson's mom probably told them all. Even without mass communication, Samson's mom probably told them all. Everybody she sees. Hey, how's Samson doing? I don't know, he's doing all right, but you know that he's going to save the, save the Jews. Yeah. And so all of these people probably know this. But they're still not backing Samson. Because he hasn't brought them onto his side. And so they side with the Philistines. Not only do they side with the Philistines, they side against Samson. And they go and they bind Samson. And so what does Samson do? Does he, 
give this stirring speech to the Philistines? Does he try to get them on his side? Does he try to explain to him what's going on? Does he say, you know what, I'm saving Israel? No, because the reality is he's not saving Israel. He's just bringing vengeance. And you know, this is the thing that scares me right now in America. The thing that scares me right now in America is that we're starting to see people rise up against the government. You know, we're starting to see people march and we're starting to see people protest. But it's not organized. Oftentimes, they don't have a really good reason why they're doing it. They can't stand there and say, this is why we're attacking. You know, like when America was founded, the, the Tea Party, um, the Boston Tea Party. Who here knows why they had the Boston Tea Party? No tax, yeah. So I had two that spoke up right away. And I'm guessing that more of you knew that. No taxation without representation. They had this specific reason. This is why we're rebelling. This is why we're attacking. This is what you did. This is what we're going to do about it. We don't see that right now. What we see is the same thing that Samson's doing. We're not organized. People haven't gotten this all together. They're not saying, you know, well, you're telling us that we can't sing in churches, and so we're upset about that. Like, that's irritating. That's scary. But at what point do we bring everyone together, really cast that vision? This is what we need to do as Americans in order to overthrow the current powers in our government. We can't just go about, about this like Samson does, individually and isolated. That's not the way it works because it, God is with Samson. And so when the Judeans capture Samson, you know, he gives himself over, thankfully. Samson makes sure he's not, there's no collateral damage. He says, you guys aren't going to attack me, right? They said, no, we're not going to. And so he says, all right. And then he goes, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson, grabs the jawbone of donkey, which if you ever, you know, I, I did a bunch of research on this when I started Judges back when we were indoors. Um, and the jawbone of donkey actually looks like an axe head. And so if you grab the, the front part of it, you've got this nice weapon. And so Samson grabs that. He just grabs whatever's at hand. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He takes what he's got and he attacks but it's only him attacking. Because remember what the Israelites said. Don't you know that these, I, I suppose they are Norwegian. Don't you know that these people, <laughs> there are rulers. The Israelites, they haven't risen up against the Philistines yet. It's just Samson. Samson is failing in his job as judge. He's winning victories, but he's yet to grab the whole of Israel. One man can't do all of this. And we see that time and time again. Samson isolates himself because he doesn't have, he doesn't cast that vision. He doesn't even try. He himself doesn't have that vision. He's missed it. He's just using the gifts that God has given him to satisfy his own desires, his own wants, his own wishes, his own will. And we have to be careful that we don't do that. I have defeated heaps upon heaps. I have killed a thousand men. It's not God has granted this great victory. It's I who have done it. So now he's even taking credit for what God has done through him. And what happens to a person? What happens to a person who is in that sort of situation? What happens to a person that isolates themselves? That tries to do it all on their own? They start to think that this world is against them. And not just the world, but God himself. Because now Samson is thirsty. Which is understandable. 
you know, he just killed a thousand men. That probably works up a mighty thirst. I've never experienced that personally. But still, he's thirsty. But what does he say? And he was very thirsty. And he called upon the Lord and said, You have granted this great salvation by the hand of your servant. Okay, finally, he's acknowledging this is God. He's acknowledging his place. He's acknowledging his position. And shall I now die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? What's happening? Samson thinks God has abandoned him. And so when a person is just doing this all on their own, when you don't have that community around you to support you, to encourage you, to bolster you, to correct you, to lead you back into the proper guidelines, you know, into that straight and narrow path, because that's what the community is for. You know, it's not just for the fun of the community. How many of you guys like being with other people sometimes? I know that there's some of you that probably won't raise your hand. That's okay. But it's not just about us enjoying the community. It's the fact that we need the community because how many of you have ever had your thoughts go astray and then have someone else direct you back into the way that you should be thinking? I have. We need the community. Because when we don't have the community, then Satan comes in as that roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he leads us astray. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. What does Satan want of us? He wants us scattered. He doesn't want us to be in community. Because once we're scattered, once we're separated from each other, once we're outside of that herd or that pack or that congregation, once we live outside of that, we're easily eaten. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. Because Samson, being outside the pack, being outside the community, he doesn't have anyone to encourage him. So he says, God, you've abandoned me. What, am I going to die now out of thirst and I'm going to fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? You just won this great victory, but now you're abandoning me? What's wrong with you? Sounds kind of like Adam. What's wrong with you? I'm dying here and you're not helping. It's evidence that he thinks God has abandoned him. And that happens when we're alone. Because when we're with others, you've got someone there to put their hand on your shoulder and say, no, God's with you. Because I'm with you. Samson, he's fighting this battle all alone. He fights every battle all alone. And he fights those battles so hard that it ends up killing him. But you know, it's interesting. God calls Samson to be the judge. So even, Sam, even though Samson is messing up all of, like he's, he's wasting all of these opportunities. He's got awesome opportunities because how many of you would like to have a friend like Samson? I know I would. You know, like I wouldn't have to be scared of anybody. Yeah, he can kill a thousand people with the jawbone of a donkey. Oh, how about your friend? You know, you think you're a big man? I got him behind me. You know, Samson's got this amazing opportunity. And he doesn't take, he doesn't use it. He doesn't use it. He doesn't call the rest of the Israelites with him. He doesn't bring the people together. He doesn't do any of this stuff. He just retaliates. But God still blesses. And that's an important lesson too. That when God wants to push something forward, even though his people might be failures, God is still powerful. How powerful is God? He opens up the hollow place and brings water forth. You know, there's, there's symbolic imagery in that. God opens up that gap. 
And he brings something good out of it. God brings something good out of that hollow place. And that good thing that God brings out, that thing that God uses to bless Samson, how long did that thing continue to exist in that area? It was there when the book of Judges was written. When he drank, his spirit returned and he revived. Therefore, the name of it was called en It is at Lehi this day. What's that mean? That means that when Judges was written, it was still witnessing. You know how powerful God is? He made that spring happen. That was always there. You know how great God is? He just split that open. God did that spring. God brought that together for Samson. That's still there today. That's a witness. That's an evidence that God is working in our land. We have those around us too, don't we? That's what God does. Even though Samson thought God had abandoned him, God still worked another miracle. And God worked that miracle in such a way that it would continue to witness and continue to show and continue to reveal the power of God. Even though Samson messed up and wasn't able to bring this salvation from the Philistines to fulfillment, God still used Samson's life to be a witness, to be a witness, to be a witness. Because every time they came by this place, they're like, hey, remember this place? This is called Enhakore. This is called Ramaphlehi. This is where God worked through one man to defeat a thousand. This is where God, by his Holy Spirit, split that rock. This is where God brought water out. That's why people wear a cross. That's why we cross ourselves. This is where God works salvation. That's why we have them on our church. That's why we actually have churches. That's why we have facilities. Because we can say, remember remember that time when God worked? God worked here. God did that. You know, how many people worry about finances? We worry about finances. I look at this parking lot and I say, you know what? God provided this parking lot. What a blessing. We didn't know it at the time. How would you guys like to do this on asphalt? (laughs) God gave us a parking lot years before. That'd be terrible. It'd be like we're working for the DOT. That'd be terrible. (laughs) God provided. God provided. God provides. This is the God that we know. We can trust Him. But God calls us to trust Him as a community otherwise. Otherwise, the impact is so much smaller, no matter how great an individual is. Had Samson brought the rest of the Judeans with him? What a leader. What a leader he could have been. Let's not fight these battles alone, friends. Let's not stand isolated. It didn't work out well for Samson. Even though God could work, and God used it, and God continued to witness through Samson's life, he didn't have the impact that he could have had otherwise. We need the group. We need the community. We need this for the glory of God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this community that we aren't isolated unless we choose to be. Pray for those who have isolated themselves, who are unwilling to be involved in the community. And I ask that you'd open their eyes to their need. 
Lord, I pray those for those who are separated right now in our town, in our area. Lord, and I pray that you would bring the gospel into their lives so that they could know true community. But somehow work and witness to your working into this world that the world could look and see. That's where God answered prayer. May your name be glorified, Father. That's why we're here. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.